Welcome to Wake Forest University Department of Counseling Podcast. I'm Dr. Bob Nations, and with me is Dr. Shannon Warden. Bob, today we've got back with us Dr. Rob Cazares and Dr. Cheyenne Carter, our buddies from the Department of Counseling at Wake yes. Forest. And um, we've got another exciting topic today. We're going to be talking about, uh, in general, how it is that um, you know many people come to the profession of counseling from other professions. We mm-hmm. it is not uncommon at all that we have students who yes. are um, older or any really any range of range of ages, and they're coming from uh, second and third careers sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to kick that exactly. conversation off, talk a little bit about that here, um, and I guess just to kind of get us started on that, Bob, um, you know, let's. Let's talk a little bit about why counseling would be such uh, an interesting or appealing profession for folks to come to. Can we do that? Sure. We can talk about that. So, Bob, what do you like about counseling? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you, yeah, well, why do people come? That, um, I, th- I think because they realize uh, most folks that I talk to, and for, for myself, uh, speaking from personal experience, is that I've, I've found out that I and others can make a difference in counseling, that mm-hmm. it really does affect folks in a positive way. And there's so much going on in our culture that um, keeps people at odds with each other, keeps people in pain and anger and hurt. Um, and when we come to counseling, we, we offer something that's very different. We listen to people, and they, they're the most important persons in our um in our in our room at that time and that's very different than people experience in the world and that's what I like to do is create this kind of safe place for mm-hmm. folks to be able to talk about and share what they want to and that's just a, a great privilege for me to be able to walk paths with folks and hear their stories and I grew up with a bunch of storytellers so I just love that's the thing that draws me to it's just hearing people's stories everybody has a story yeah. oh, so, good. so that's part of it Rob, Cheyenne, it's, you can maybe build on that that Bob is talking about, um, you know, why counseling is appealing and what is it you're seeing or maybe hearing from your students who are coming into the profession of counseling, coming to train with us at Wake Forest? Why are they choosing counseling? Yeah, just like you said, Bob, um, people coming from such diverse backgrounds um, and kind of their motivations to going into those various maybe first or second careers. Um, maybe wasn't always founded on like this seems like meaningful work or this seems like my life's work or I'm incredibly passionate about it. Sometimes you know, some people just go into professions because uh, it can provide uh, a nice lifestyle or it might have a certain level of prestige or it was an expectation placed upon them by family members. Um, and after a period of time with that, uh, some individuals just feel like, you know, I, I do feel like I, I'm making um, you know, contributions to this career path, but it doesn't always feel as meaningful as perhaps uh, I would like my work to be, and so they're seeking different avenues to make those contributions. Uh, as you said, Bob, kind of on those one-to-one levels that some jobs uh, can be isolating or independent or very task-oriented, and as counselors, we're very people-oriented, we're very relational, and so to get to have those deep and meaningful conversations or to sit with and, like you said, Bob, create those spaces to explore what's important to our clients, what they're struggling with, uh, you know, to kind of develop and work toward uh, their desire goals like that's such a meaningful and valuable experience and a much needed um, contribution to society that it's uh, that great balance of feeling like you're doing something that's meaningful work but also something um, that's making a, a nice contribution to the general public 
I think in my students I've worked with and other clinicians in the field that I connect with, I think life changes different seasons and for some of our students they end up coming back to the field because of things they've gone through and so they may have entered a field and it was a good fit but then they've gone through some type of a struggle. Um, I'm just thinking of different students I've worked with whether it was um, they ended up parenting a child with autism um, or they went through some horrific divorce, infidelity, um, and or a loved, loved ones um, struggle with addiction. And so they've been on the side of pain and suffering and they've found their way through and they've wanted to bring that same healing to somebody else. One of um, someone that I've respected a lot, she's actually not a mental health professional herself, but um, she was a parent who lost a child, um, unexpected death, when he was really young. And through the grief process, um, what she noticed was the pain of her remaining child. And um, from that struggle and watching how much her child struggled with the grief and then how much she struggled as a parent who was grieving the loss of her child to be present for her other child who was still living, um, she developed a nonprofit organization in Fort Worth, Texas called The Warm Place. I'll give them a plug because they're fabulous. Uh, great website if you're just looking for grief resources. They have a really good library. But The Warm Place stands for What About Remembering Me? And so that was the, the, the lens that she saw that her child struggled with was he was still there, he was still alive, and what about him? And so, you know, she, I think she had a background in accounting or something like that. I don't remember exactly. But so she saw how much her family needed help and so she saw how much people in the community needed help and she started this organization that's gosh it's probably 30 years old now um that's just kind of one of the uh, stellar grief centers in, in the um, nation so i think a lot of people actually come into this field as a result of their own painful experiences and and want to ease the suffering of other people yeah and they find out uh, you know i have this um, calling or um, you know this desire to help and to be able to do that um, in a, a professional way, number one, but in a way that is sanctioned, I suppose you could say, or that is supported, um, you know, across states. Um, you know, I've got to get that license, and to get the license, I've got to get the degree. Many people work within various nonprofits or churches or other community groups and, and can provide helping, they, you know, one form or another, but to really go to that next level, it does um, require folks to, you know, in, do, the, do the training, get the education, get the, the um, license, and then actually do that work that they want to do. So it's really taking that helping heart, that desire to help Bob, and mm -hmm. taking it to the next level. Um, so, Well, I've seen yeah, that with our sorry. school counselors specifically, where mm -hmm. so many of them have gone into the education field because they love children, they want to see them succeed, they want to start that foundation for them, make it be strong, and then they've realized in the role of teacher that what they enjoy most or what's needed most in their school is the empathetic ear, the support, mm -hmm. the being present when that kid's struggling with what's going on at home. And so for our school counselors, I actually see that for them, it's like their their interest is still the same, but they realize that the avenue to do what they really think is most helpful for those kids right. is, is the counseling role. Oh, Rob, mm -hmm. I know you're going to talk about this. <laughs> oh, I certainly I, I can, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was my path as well. Uh, I was uh, an English teacher at a high school, and um, I found that sometimes having a class size as large as 36, 38, it's really hard to... Um, have meaningful, impactful relationships on an individual level, or uh, for students to leave my class feeling um, really valued as an individual rather than just a number. 
Uh, and so over my time of working in schools, that was very much the case of saying like, okay, I feel like there's a need here and this might be the greatest impact that I can have is uh, to work with students in more of a counseling relationship where there's the educational component because you're providing guidance around scheduling and preparing for future careers or uh, college admission. Uh, but, you know, just that great connection. Uh, so much so that uh, a lot of my fellow teachers or uh, administrators I work with, I very much tried to say like, oh, I see this quality in you. You know, you're really good with people. You're really empathetic. Uh, you have a great presence about you. I think you should consider becoming uh, a counselor. And so one has become a counselor already, and one is like so close to beginning uh, a master's program because like you said, Shannon, it's, uh, it's the desire, but then also the training that we provide that's uh, so instrumental in preparing people uh, to meet that demand and that need that, that is mm -hmm. present, whether it's in the schools or uh, in a clinical setting. Yeah, and Bob, I'm gonna kind of come to you here. I'm mm -hmm. thinking, you know, Bob, you have a, a, a background as a, a, a pastor, mm -hmm. and yes. you know, pastors have their own training and many of them take pastoral counseling classes. Um, and so that's great in and of itself. You and a lot of folks um, like you go ahead and do the additional counseling training so that you're both. You know, that, and I think this is kind of the connection that I'm making for myself with what Rob and Shane are saying is um, how can I not only, in, in your case, have a pastoral background, but have um, the professional counseling piece as well. And I'm wondering if you want to speak to that. It's, it's interesting that um, I was thinking about coming from um, a previous career, which I'm still continuing on a, on a part-time basis at times, as well as working with churches and congregations and such things uh, that folks are going through transitions. Um, how the initial training, theological training, helped me look at the, uh, gave me a lens to, to look at what I was doing in the context of the church. And what really spurred me on was that uh, to, to seek uh, more training and pursue a counseling in marriage and family is that I was working as a youth pastor after four years of, of obtaining my seminary degree. And I took all the pastoral counseling courses uh, that the seminary offered, which were two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's minimal. So I think a lot of our clergy, a lot of seminary training has minimal courses uh, available. And folks need to pursue additional training if they, if they want to go into this field, certainly. Uh, but I was working with families and, and having issues with their, their adolescents and their children and um, thinking I was doing good work, but all of a sudden I reached a level to where I can't help them as much as I'd like to. There's other issues going on here that I don't know about. It's more than theological. It's more than just relational. It's, it's, it's things that's going on that I need to know more about if I truly want to help them in the way that I want to help. And so then I went back. And, and got a, 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 my doctorate in marriage and family counseling, and that just opened up the whole new world for me then, to be able to help folks in the way that I wanted to. So that's what spurred me on, is this passion to help, this desire to, yeah. to, to make a difference in folks' life that I felt in some ways was limited right. with where I was at that time. Cheyenne, that connects with what you're saying yeah. too, kind of with your friend there in, at the warm place um, in Texas, right? So mm -hmm. Texas. and. Um, you know, that's a good example, Bob, of somebody who's working in a church or your friend who's working in her own nonprofit but wanting to really take it on up a, a level, right, in terms of being able to understand people's problems and their needs and being able to f uh, help facilitate change. 
Um, so I'm, I'm just thinking these these are great examples, you know, of you know, Rob, what we were talking, you were talking about, of how um, people come from second and sometimes third jobs, you know, or and Cheyenne, you made some really beautiful points too of how sometimes they were already in um, the field in some capacity, and um, life happened. Isn't that what we say? Life happens, and uh, so they're coming back, and that's I think we're seeing a. a a pretty broad cross-section of that mm -hmm. in our program mm -hmm. uh, we've got students who are all ages in fact I don't know our oldest student I don't want to I would not call your name <laughs> student. don't worry um, but I'm, I'm thinking, thinking of a few but yeah I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm thinking I'm in their 60s yes, I feel yes. we yeah, may have had mm -hmm. one that hit 70 I don't know mm -hmm. but I'm saying you know when they were here mm -hmm. um, so and, and certainly to younger person you know you're welcome we have some that are 22 <laughs> and 23 also you know that was really more my uh, pathway. I was um, an undergraduate at Elon University in journalism, and I, I loved stories, and I, and I wanted to write, and um, and so I uh, knew I didn't want to write on deadline, though, Bob. Not yes, that kind yes, of deadline. Yes, not you deadlines, know? Yes. And so um, somebody said, have you thought about um, going into counseling? And I had, I mean, some people had already said you should be a, you know, a counselor or a, a minister or whatever. And, and, um, and so I, you know, found a way, I think mm -hmm. it's just a natural, it wasn't me having to find it necessarily. It just naturally emerged that uh, people's stories is the same as what I would be writing and what I enjoy writing about. So counseling around people's stories or writing around people's stories, mm -hmm. those just, mm -hmm you know, really, uh, in, in probably obvious ways, just merge, marry up really well. Mm -hmm. um, so young person, you're welcome too. And uh, second and third career person or oh, yeah, uh, stay yeah. at home dad, stay at home mom, who are, whoever you're, who you are and you feel this calling. That's, that's kind of what we're talking exactly. about today. Oh, we enjoy our students and the experiences that they bring. Those that are coming right out of their undergrad experience will come in. And as we're talking about second career, those students that come in after second, third career, um, bring in this richness of experience yeah. so there's a there's there's some good depth mm -hmm. and experience that they can add to the to the cohorts as yeah. well that's I, I know you all I'm speaking for me but you all enjoy that too just sure. the diversity well, of experiences I, I think students sometimes second guess themselves I've heard students say things like I don't know if I can do this counseling my background is in this am I yeah. going to be able to untrain myself and I just always think it's amazing when you have a skill set already somewhere else and there's ways to help you know, translate into somehow supporting your role as a counselor. I know my background before going into counseling was event planning and worked at a chamber of commerce and did a ton of community networking. And so nice. it's like, that's my, that's my gig as a counselor now. I mean, I, I do, yeah, like I love mm -hmm. it. And I found ways to still use that. And all of that background in business has very much supported my work in um, having two private practices now. And so it's not just about students, mm -hmm. like encouraging them, like, you know, come, you'll be okay. You can learn how to be a counselor. It's also like, you know, mm. honor the skill set you yeah. already have and trust that Dream. in some way, and especially if you really like something that was in your first or second career, there may be a way to still infuse that into your counseling work as well. I love it. I also love the word. I love that word infuse. I love that word you said, untrained. That's something else we're looking for in our students. Come teachable, right? Even mm. though you've got yes. this wealth of experience, and we have a wealth of experience, the four, four of us, but we're also one of the hallmarks for us as a program and I, I can say of us as, as individuals is that we're continuing to learn and grow that teachability is something we um, you know we don't just ask it we, we require it of you student okay so we want you to take a look at the programs and know that wherever you're coming from whatever that diverse background you're coming from um, we want to absorb it we want to learn from that and we want to help you with what we know and about professional counseling so come trainable 
That's another favorite. I need to put that on my word board, trainable. Trainable. I'm trainable, mm-hmm. and we want trainable students. Oh, yeah, and, and certainly as faculty, we try and walk that walk. Uh, you know, we, we have high expectations for our students, and uh, we, we would hope they would bring to the table one of those being that they're open-minded and willing to, you know, maybe unlearn some things, but just be trainable. Yeah. But we offer that in return as professors. I know for me, uh, I've learned so much in this past year from my students. Yes. Um, you know, what a breadth of life experience and professional experience, you know, ranging from 22 to 70 plus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and just how that's broadened my perspectives. And there's so many areas where people are passionate about or they're coming from, and they're so well informed, that's inspired me and encouraged me to say, you know, this is an area that you've expressed an interest in that I don't really have expertise or a lot of knowledge about. But let's, you know, review this, let's research this, let's learn about this together, because to the extent that I can help you kind of pursue this dream, it's also helping me as a professor to better round out my understanding of, you know, how I can meet my student needs. Uh, and that's where I think going back to my former career has really helped me, of um, just working with young people who were, you know, very passionate, very energetic, but sometimes like looking for that guidance, and that required so much flexibility of me, so much, um, you know, as we say as counselors, becoming comfortable with constantly being uncomfortable. That as I yeah. was, you know, having to be challenged and stretched and not always have the answer, that was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, we're processing this together. And it's the same when we work with our clients that, you know, we have skills and we have expertise, but we don't have answers. That it's a process that we trust in and participate in um, that we work through together. And I think that's part of the beauty of what, um, you know, being a counselor or a counselor educator provides. There are so many um, rich opportunities to do challenging, meaningful things um, that are exciting, scary, uh, but ultimately rewarding. Mm-hmm. Well, and we're, we have the great luxury and privilege of teaching students so that they can go back into their places in the world and share their goodness. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm loving this idea of, you know, that students are bringing so much and we, part of our joy is seeing their unique interests and expertise and um, and then in innovative ways, encur- encouraging them in innovative ways to spread whatever goodness it is they're spreading in the world. So it could be through, you know, networking and events planning that Cheyenne is talking about and, and, and yet being a counselor and using that in those ways or um, reaching schools and students in a different way. And, and, you know, Rob, I know you're really big into technology and um, social media. You're, you know, a student of these things and um, I need to come to your class, Rob. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm on the slow track, but I'm going to get here. Get, but, you know, how do we reach people as, as people's needs and interests are changing, as society is changing? And so that really does require a lot of innovation, uh, both on the students who are coming to us and us, that, flexible, that we be flexible enough and interested enough to, to um, co-create and uh, dream. That's a, another important word here, dream of the possibilities. Um, and this is this is what Bob. This is what mm-hmm. students. Mm-hmm. This is what we're trying to do here. This is what students can I expect so. when they're coming to train with us at Wake exactly. Forest. Exactly. And I was just thinking about as as I listened to everyone talk. There's just this great eagerness to learn that we have. Eagerness to learn about how to be better educators with our students. I want to learn how to be a better supervisor. How to how to how to do it better and so and that's what we want the students to come with too as mm-hmm. you're saying the teachability but also this eagerness to learn yes what this profession's about learn what counseling's about be receptive of feedback and 
and uh, that's the way we learn. And we're lifelong learners. I mean, we that's, are. that's constantly what we're about. We're learning how to be more engaging with our online courses, you know, and to, mm -hmm. in, in certain ways with, with, with student engagement. And so we're always talking about things that we're learning about, how to be, how to be better at what mm -hmm. we do, whether well, it's in counseling, whether it's education. That's the truth. And Rob, yeah. you said it, the being comfortable with our discomfort. And yeah. I'm thinking we have to check our fears at the door, don't we? Mm -hmm. And then every day, it's not a once and done, it's every day and sometimes every every minute minute by minute I'm having to check my fears at the door and uh, so that requires all of these things we're talking about flexibility trainability um, openness um, openness to possibility because um, those fears can easily shut us down I've got to do it this way or why aren't you receiving me I've come with all of this passion and what passion isn't enough I need skills I've got skills you know and, and that's how that's set out of love that's not set out of judgment students so, but we just want to welcome you with that attitude that, that this there's you know this is a, a community here as transparent as we can be and that's fearful in itself but as transparent as we can be around these subjects we want to invite you into a a, a place of um, open dialogue and and that's really heavy on self-awareness and part of self-awareness is knowing what your strengths are and knowing what your fears are and then being willing moment by moment to check those fears at the door so um, you've got people like Rob Cazares and Cheyenne Carter and Bob Nations and occasionally Shannon Warden up in the mix, <laughs> you know, who are, who are here to help. And it's a beautiful faculty. Yeah. I mean, it's just really a, a passionate faculty, um, great place uh, to train. You know, Bob, it's probably time. I'm feeling a commercial coming on. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we do. We, we're very proud of our um, both our online and our campus programs. We've got clinical mental health counseling and school counseling. We've got a master's degree in human services. Want to give that a, a plug too. And so we're, we are passionate people really trying to invest in the, in the profession of counseling. And um, that's, uh, we're excited. I, mean, I think you can hear, I, I hope people can hear our excitement. So. This isn't yes. just chit chat. This is, uh, this is uh, really, this is who we are. You know, what we're, what we're trying to accomplish in the, in the world of counseling. Last call y'all, any, any final parting words here you want to just encourage students with and clinicians with for that matter we have bring clinicians in, let's see if you bring bring in your trainability and also bring in the confidence about who you are and what you do have to offer because every mm -hmm. single student who comes to our program already has something to offer we're going to augment that and we're going to grow it and add more things to it but you yeah. already are awesome in lots of ways and, and trust in that mm -hmm. nice yeah i'd say uh it's never too late to come to counseling uh, nice <laughs> i i feel so uh silly saying this but I remember when I decided I wanted to be a counselor, I was 30 years old, and I thought, like, gosh, I've already, like, spent eight years of doing something else that I could have spent studying counseling. I'm that far behind. Like, I thought of my um, youngest sister, who is a uh, forensic psychologist now, and she went, like, straight through school and got her doctorate by, like, 27. And I thought, like, why couldn't I have known sooner? And as we said earlier, like, my life and my career and the work I do has been so much more enriched because of that eight years of doing something else and developing those transferable skills and feeling every day like I'm grateful that this was my path. So if you're out there and you're feeling like, oh, you know, is it too late, whatever your age is, even if you're 70, um, that those life experiences, if you feel called to counseling, will certainly enrich your studies, enrich your work, and certainly benefit um, your future clients. And, uh, you know, Shannon, you said earlier um, that, you know, we're hoping to teach you skills that you can take back out into the world. Uh, and just recently speaking with several students who want to, you know, you said world, like 
go back into your community. But they're looking to go out of this country, like out further into the right. world and do international counseling oh. uh, in these areas that it could be, you know, fearful to say, well, counseling's not well established in these regions. They don't even, maybe in that language or culture, understand counselor as we do. Uh, and yet we have students who are, you know, putting those fears at the doors saying like, there's a need here, we wanna pursue it. And like, you know, what an inspiration and encouragement it is to us as faculty members to see students mm -hmm. who are gonna be on the front lines advancing profession at the international level. Uh, that's just so, so powerful. Oh, possibilities. Mm, so we'll um, yeah. Possibilities. Possibilities. Bring it. I'm telling you. That's what we're asking for, right? Student, yeah. bring it. Bring, bring it. it. Bring, bring it. Bring who you are. I know, bring um, your experiences. Bring your <laughs> gifts. Well, you know what? I'm thinking your of. Your desires to grow. Ah, skid. I cut your all. I cut your good word off. Bring your desire to grow. Yeah, I'm thinking about. Um, I've I've always attributed this quote to Carl Whitaker. I think I've got that right. But um, family the theorist and therapist, <laughs> and um, that um, the client's job is to bring initiative, and it's a responsibility to bring initiative. And our job as the counselor is to bring structure. Okay, and so similar thing here. We're providing structure. You, student, bring the initiative, and, and we're going to make some good things happen together. Good. All right, Bob, we did we it did again. again. <laughs> Y'all brought it. <laughs> brought it. <laughs>